Sanders Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has-Been. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Stadium Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? You know, I'm doing well, and I just realized something, that the intro music is perfectly timed to give me the opportunity, and your introduction to me is perfectly tri- timed to give me the opportunity to pot down the right channels right before I have to speak. So it's like, I know you didn't plan that, the whole, uh, what did I, chairman of the building materials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the fact that you say that every show actually <laughs> works technically very much in my favor. It gives me just enough time, like with a fraction of a second, to, to do what I need to do on the board and not be distracted. Nice. So thank you for that. Wait, no, no, thank you for that, because you're the one that actually redid that intro. Like, you took the music that I liked, and you put it in an area that you liked, and you timed it out and put it in there. So in the mutual appreciation society that we're joining right here, I'm going to say thank you, Adrian. Oh, well, I, I thank you first. So means, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's going on, man? All right. So you told me I get one story each week. And um, I, I'm already wondering whether I should have uh, agreed to that or not. I, you know, uh, one I Uber think, story. I think that you're going to like this. As one. our regular listeners know that, you know, Al, uh, now that Alex is uh, driving people around for Uber, he has lots and lots of taxicab confessions, I like to call them. And, uh, you know, for the past few shows, he's been like, uh, God, doing 20 minutes of these friggin' stories about taking a gram out of the grocery store. Um, you know, so I, I told him now he comes in so excited about these Uber stories, you know, like a like a kid on Christmas. I, I am going to humor him and give him one story per week. <laughs> so. Here is your your allotted time for one story. Make it a good one. All right. So it was Thursday night. I was able to spend most of my time in Pasco County as opposed to going down to Tampa. Right. However, at about... And that's Pasco County, Florida, for those of you, uh, our listeners... uh, uh, across the country and nationwide, uh, the same county that you probably saw in Pasco PD. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which it's it's that kind of place. Yes, yes, yes it is. <laughs> they literally have a, a show dedicated to uh, you know they used guys to. guys and wife beaters and their interactions with the cops. Yes, so, there you go. So I go for a pickup in a very poor part of Pasco County. Wait, there's a rich part of Pasco County? There are rich parts of Pasco County, but this definitely wasn't it. Oh, yeah, I guess Trinity. It, that's like next much door, it. next door was <laughs> like, like the one place over there was like trailers, and then this was the one step above trailers. Okay, gotcha. So I go and I pick up and I and I stop out front, and this black guy comes out. Right. And um, seems like a nice enough guy. And it, I'm like, are we? Oh, is it just me and you? Because it's going from there to Tampa. Okay. So it's slums and holiday. Right. To Tampa. Okay. And so the guy comes out and he's like, no, 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 my, my girl's tripping. And he said that my girl's tripping. Right. And so we got to wait for her. So we finally wait for the girl to come, you know, to come out. She comes out and it is this white girl. Okay. However, if you didn't look at her, she didn't sound white. Okay. She sounded, hold on. She sounded like a caricature of a black person. Oh, God, really? Yeah, it wasn't like almost <laughs> right. like if you didn't know her, you'd be insulted. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I gotcha. Yeah. So it's a very much of a caricature of a black person. Right. right. That she comes in and she gets all, in the all the stereotypes wrapped into one kind of thing. Yeah. All, yeah. The, all of the worst stereotypes right. wrapped into one. thing. Gotcha. OK. So she gets in. She's kind of loud, kind of giving the guy shit. But at the same like she's just acting like kind of she's tripping. Like dude was bitch accurately got to be tripping. Yeah. So. We're going down the road, and it's a long way to get where we got to go. Yeah, that's quite a drive. Yeah, yeah. It's like Rocky Point. Okay. Which makes which will make sense here in a minute. Okay. So we, we're going to Rocky Point. So And it's late at night, so there's no cars on the road. Now, I play music. I play Pandora on there. So, you know, you can listen to whatever music. Smooth jazz, calm everyone down. No, no. Now, I switched up from smooth jazz now. Okay. I play a mix of every station I have on Pandora, so you have no idea what's going to come out. Okay. Well... 
what happened was is that I asked the guy if he wanted to hear any song, and he actually said um, Hotel California. <laughs> the dude did. The black okay. guy. Right. I'm like, for real? Right. I love that song, man. Let's play that song. Right. Right up your alley. So, yeah. So I play that song. And again, there's some back and forth going on between those two, but the dude's actually being chill, and the chick is tripping. Right. Well, and she's kind of being like a loud mouth and like, well, I, you know, maybe I just go home. Maybe I just won't go. Maybe I won't go with you as she's in the fucking car, by the way. Right. Um, so finally, we get to a certain point where Hotel California is over with. And Etta James is the next song that I'm going to that I'm playing. OK. Now, if you don't know who Etta James is, she's an old black singer. Yeah. Soul singer. Soul singer. And the name of the song was that I, I'd go blind. Okay. Right, I'd, ra- I'd rather be blind. OK. Now, when this comes up. The first thing that the woman says is she's like, are you playing country? And I'm like, no, no, that's Etta James. And she like not lost her mind in a bad way, but like was like, oh, my God, I love Etta James and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And she goes to him and she's like, don't you like Etta James? That's your people. (laughs) Dude was like. And he, he was like, I don't know who it is, man. I don't know who it is. I don't, well, why is it my people anyway? She's like, well, she's black. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he starts to get offended. As he should have. Right, yeah. I'm offended at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, well, you, I can't believe you don't know who this singer is. And starts giving him shit for it, right? Right. And again, this guy's been chill the whole time. He's getting to be a little bit less chill at this point. Right. right? And I'm not blaming him one. What? Look, if he'd have hauled off and smacked her at this point, to be honest with you, man, I don't think I would have had too much of a problem. <laughs> because she is acting the fucking shit straight fool right? right so we finally get down there and we drop her off and in rocky point this is a beaut it's right next to shula steakhouse so it's one of those like right you know 15 story apartment complexes that is super like you gotta you gotta have some money to get in one right, of these places right. right this is where he lives okay so everything started to make sense at this point oh yeah i'm like you motherfucker you're right. fucking slumming your ass off he's you totally st- slumming it yeah you stuck your dick in some fucking crazy right and this is your fucking problem right. that's what you get you man stu- <laughs> and don't get me wrong look she was an attractive girl she had big tits she was in good shape she had her nails done she had her fucking feet nails done or whatever yeah she was looking good but in the head though fucking crazy right yeah. so we stop and i'm like well you know time to get out she won't get out of the car <laughs> and she's like can you take me home i'm like well, look i'm just a cab driver i'm just an uber driver here right you want, you want me to take you home i'll take you home but like i you know yeah you got you got to pay me for another route though yeah. yeah i'm like this is not my business like this is none of my business right and so finally he gets her out of the car and then we, she takes off at that point but right. i i kept thinking the whole time like you fucking motherfucker <laughs> right. you're slumming your ass it, off it's totally the dude's fault for this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and the fact that he's bringing her, her to him his house you know, that's, that's uh, you know, mistake number two well, right And there. she kept asking, is your mama dad, is your sister there? Don't leave me surprised with nothing. Like, it was shit like that the whole fucking time went down there. Like, it was like she was causing problems for no reason at all. Right. And he, and dude, the dude now, was shutting his mouth and not that, really. Did this seem like a brand new relationship type of thing? Or did this seem like it, they had been in a relationship for a while? Okay. I don't think it was their first time. Okay. But I think it might have been the first time she was going there. Okay. So I think that he was feeling comfortable enough to bring her to his house. Yeah, big mistake. Yeah, that was a really big mistake on yeah, his you part. You should have pulled the dude aside and said, hey, man, <laughs> you sure you want to do this? Here's the thing. <laughs> you you want to pay me another 30 bucks, and I'll just take her back to the trailer? <laughs> Listen, I looked at him, and I, I, I really tried in my eyes <laughs> to really kind of say, what are you? A, what are you doing? What the hell are you thinking, man? B, I'll take her home. Right. Like, but you got to make the call right now. You're the one that ordered the Uber ride. Right. Like, and I looked at him, and he he had to look back at me of like, yeah, I know. I'm gonna fuck this bitch when I get inside. So don't worry about that. Like, like it was one of those things where, like, I like as soon as he gets upstairs, that bitch is gonna be bent over some fucking table getting fucked. You know what I mean? Like, like, and and you know, and here's the thing. The problem is though, and this is the where the problem comes into play, is that at one point he's gonna fucking make her fucking pregnant. She's gonna keep that fucking baby. Oh yeah. And yeah. then it's all fucking over with at that. His point. bunny's getting burned. Yes. Oh, That's yeah. a boiled bunny right there. I can just see her with a stroller in front of that fucking place like yeah i know yet they come out with like and again you it here's the thing and, and then we're both going to get subpoenaed for some reason probably <laughs> but the other thing is this is that when you like when you sound you don't you're not black all right, right. yeah like people have a distinct sound and when you try to imitate that sound right 
you sometimes go way too far, especially if you're not intelligent enough. You right. go way too fucking far, and yeah. you sound like you're insulting. Oh yeah. And so I'm looking at it like, like I'm, I'm sure the dude's not insulted because he's going to get some titties in his ass later, whatever. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, he's just tolerating it for that. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably he's, look. Cause she, here's the thing: if you didn't hear her talk and you just looked at her, he looked like the kind of girl that, in my opinion black guys go for right you know what i mean big ass big booty skinny waist good looking chick you right. know what i'm saying and she had glass on to try to look smarter or whatever but you know it was just one of those things where i'm just like <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm like i can't believe you're sticking your dick in crazy like this man like you alex and, is in and, and, and hudson uh, right? and, and, and alex is uber in therapy <laughs> i kept know? my look i kept my mouth shut most of the time i didn't get a tip out of it either so i should have oh yeah yeah you, know? you deserved a tip for that one yeah, but because uh, he was getting the whole thing. <laughs> speaking of therapy, I I, I had a uh, a dream this week that uh, made me wonder whether I uh, might need some. So I, I got to tell you, I got to get this off my chest. So uh, earlier this week, I dreamt that I come home and my wife's there and she's all happy and everything, and uh, she says, "Hey, I've got a surprise for you." I'm like, "Oh, great! What, what's the surprise?" She says, "I hired you two prostitutes. They're in the bedroom waiting for you. Go have fun." I'm like, what? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I, I go to the bedroom and I open the door and I walk in and there's two dudes in there. <laughs> and and um, it, it, these are like, you know, picture Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta at the end of Pulp Fiction when they're wearing Tarantino's clothes. Yeah. These are what the dudes look like. Okay. And and in your dream. In, in my dream, right. And I'm I and I walk in there like, Sup, bro? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And the one guy gets up on the bed on all fours and says, Are we gonna do this or what? You know, and I'm like, No, we're not gonna do this. What the fuck are you guys thinking? And so <laughs> I'm like, there's there, there's no way any of this is happening, and uh, they're like, okay, cool, you know, <laughs> and they're like, can you give us a ride home? I'm like, you got to be fucking. Ki-. All right, fine, I'll give you a ride home. So I go out to my wife, and I'm like, what the fuck were you thinking? And she's like, oh, you, you didn't like that? And I'm like, no, now I got to give these fucking assholes a ride home. So I wake up, and I was very disturbed by these this dream right and i'm thinking god does does my subconscious think that my wife thinks i'm gay <laughs> you know i mean what what is going on here you know and and i i like to really dig into dream analysis especially when i have a dream that i don't understand or it's just like really out there really vivid like this so, is like this is right Fucking pluto <laughs> right so i i really and I, again i struggle with this for like a couple of days and then it dawned on me um, Pardon the pun. Right. That <laughs> this had nothing to do with anything about sexuality. This has to do with a couple of examples. For Christmas, um, m- my wife, Dawn, uh, got me a shirt, and I didn't rave about it enough. So she immediately said, okay, I'm going to give it to Connor, and gave it to my oldest son. And I didn't get a present or anything like that. For my birthday, she got me a pair of shoes, and I didn't rave enough about them. And she gave them to my youngest son. So I got no present on either occasion you know, from her. Hold I on did, a second Because I didn't rave ab- enough about the gift, but and she gave it to someone else. You're the lead on this thing, though. What's that? Well, hold on. Those two have been separate stories. <laughs> well, no. That's just par for the course. That's like, Oh, okay. That, that's been like always the case. Okay. You know? So I know pretty much that any given time where my wife has given me a gift, there's a 50-50 chance that she's going to end up taking it away from me and giving it to, <laughs> to someone else. So but so I, I think that's where the, the core of the dream was. It, it wasn't about, you know, my wife thinking I'm gay, just her being an Indian giver and giving me shitty gifts that I don't like. Well, hold on. Who, who is she? Well, then in, in, hold on. In your dream, then, who was she going to give the two dudes to? Then, I don't at that know. Point? I just I just had to take them home. Like, that's, that's not all like I Connor know. or Gavin. And gift. by the way, I, I did part the 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 ride uh, taking them home was was in my dream too, and it was just very awkward. And these <laughs> these dudes were just like you know stoner frat boy 
you know, type bros, you know, because <laughs> it was everything. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're not too stoked about what we do or anything, but you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a fucked up dream fucked up on dream. so many levels. And, I know. But were you mad at your wife the next day because of the dream? Well, I told her the dream and she's like. She just kind of looked at me with a strange expression. Again, you know, because that was before I, I figured out the interpretation there. But uh, anyway, I, I just happy to get that off my chest because that was something that was, uh, you know, uh, troubling me this week. But uh, I guess so. <laughs> Jesus, I feel Christ. better now. Thank you, listeners, for for being my therapy session. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be the same because of it. <laughs> All right. Like all five of them now have issues they need to see psychiatrists about. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what, what do we got? Uh, Let's start at the top and just work it down. Did you actually read this story? The scientists accidentally create mutated rage hamsters? <laughs> yes. No. Okay. On purpose. This is. Like, I need, like when, I saw the, when I saw the title for it, I was like, well, <laughs> I'm just going to wait to hear what Adrian's got to say about well, this shit. We're going to put this under the 28 Days Later DFC. All right. Uh, because essentially, um, well, I'll just read some of the the article here. A team of scientists in the U.S. have accidentally created overly aggressive, aggressive mutant hamsters following a gene editing experiment. Using the controversial CRISPR technology, C-R-I-S-P-R, it's an acronym, uh, researchers at Georgia State University were examining a hormone called uh, vasopressin and its receptor, AVPR1A. Uh, they Anyway, <laughs> bottom line is they thought uh, they were uh, editing this gene to make the hamsters work together and uh you know uh be more uh have more teamwork and things like that and and be kinder to one another and they inadvertently created these rage monsters that just killed each other and and tore each other apart (laughs) so they literally created uh via gene editing rage monsters and you know you're thinking that uh here's a quote we were really surprised at the results, said Professor H. Elliott Albers, the lead researcher on the study. We anticipated that if we eliminated vasopressin activity, we would reduce both aggression and social communication. But the opposite happened. <laughs> so they were, um, you know, they, they ended up exhibiting high levels of aggression towards other same-sex individuals. Uh, so, yeah, they were just tearing each other apart, and there's some photos of it here. If you never saw hamsters fighting... It's it's like cage match shit, man. Those guys were going at it. But I was thinking about this article, and there's no doubt in my mind that somebody at the Pentagon and the Kremlin and the Chinese Politburo, you know, they're all taking notice of this. Hell yeah, they are. <laughs> they're like, oh, great. Here's something to create our, our super soldiers. Yeah. And uh, at some point, it's going to uh, be associated with a virus that actually causes this mutation. And we will literally have rage monster zombies. Rage monster zombies are now a scientific possibility. Okay, hold on. Huh. Hold on. I hate to, I, I, I'm throwing a wild conspiracy theory out here right now. Right. What if they've already been doing this, and this is why we have so many mass shootings? I don't, uh, I don't think that's the case. Um, I think this was, I think this was a truly an accident. And in fact, here's the professor continuing. Even though we know that vasopressin increases social behaviors by acting within a number of brain regions, it is possible that the more global effects of the AVPR1A receptor are inhibitory. That's a hard word to say. Uh, and his final quote is, we don't understand this system as well as we thought we did. Yeah, no shit, by the way. Right, right. How, How about ma- you stop doing some of this shit because of that reason? Well, you know, part of part of uh, science is figuring out what you you don't know. You know, so that there is a component to that. But what I see happening so much lately is science is starting to get into areas that could be so tremendously detrimental to uh, our existence. And, and this is one of them. Can you imagine if this, um, you know, were actually could be uh, engineered into a virus that causes this mutation? Um, you could literally create a uh, an entire, you know, uh, section of the population that was just uh, murderous rage monsters. You know, it, it's a it's a scary thing to contemplate. Speaking of murderous rage monsters, right? 
Go ahead. Oh, uh, Florida cops released mugshot of ten year old boy. They cuffed and you know you can't you can't do a segue and then just stop in the middle. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you'd be like, oh, it's your turn. I did. Okay, a story. my bad, my yeah. bad, my bad. Florida cops released mugshot of ten year old boy. They cuffed and perp walked after he jokingly texted a friend that he had bought four assault rifles. Ten year old. Ten year old. <sighs> they they cuff him. I they, thought they weren't allowed to do this. Uh, no, they do it all the time. Should, no, they, no, no. If you're if you're under eighteen. That they can't release your photo. Oh. Oh, I don't know the answer to that. It, I thought they couldn't do that. Well, apparently they did. Well, yeah, obviously now. So, so yeah, what uh, what county was this? I want to say county. it was Lee County. Yeah, so Fort Myers area. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, look, I get it. We got to be on alert for kids that are making threats like that. But you don't arrest the kid. And what's worse, hang on, There's there was an update to the story. He's being held in juvenile detention center for 21 days. So this kid made just look, it was a poor taste joke and it could, you know, potentially underline some deeper psychological issue there. Okay, but the approach that the Lee County Sheriff's Office took by arresting this kid, uh, publishing his photo, perp walking him. You know, uh, basically in front of reporters, it just that's disgusting. And then putting him in jail for three weeks. You know, it's a 10 year old kid. If you want to do this right, you investigate the threat. You sit down with the kids. You sit down with the family. uh, You know, maybe you you bring in a a child psychologist, things like that. Um, You know, you, you see what's really going on in the kid's head there. And chances are this kid was just making a, you know, stupid joke, you know, but it, again, this is the type of emotional overreaction that you see. And this is law enforcement, obviously overcorrecting, you know, um, they <laughs> they saw what happened in uh, Uvalde and uh, they realized that, you know, Right now, everybody's pissed at cops for being a bunch of fucking cowards. And so Lee County, the Lee County sheriffs decide the best way to show that they're not cowards is to go arrest and perp walk and jail a 10-year-old for making a joke. Okay, so here's the thing about this one. I, where where, where Lee County Sheriff was wrong is in publicizing what they did. And the only reason they publicize, well, hold on, there's multiple things wrong, so let me get there first. But one of the things is you did this as a PR stunt. Yes, yes, and without you, question. You used a 10-year-old kid as a PR stunt. So I don't think, nobody should know, like it shouldn't be made public what you did in this aspect. However, considering that at this point, the warning signs are out. Like when somebody says they're going to shoot up a school right now, so many kids are actually doing it. So I'm a little. I, what should the ten-year-old, cops do? Ten-year-olds at that point? aren't doing it. Like, should you just scare the shit out of the kid and that's it? No, I think I think you go. You, you definitely go and talk to the kid. Yeah, you know, uh, you definitely try to establish whether he could do it he a if he has the 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 means the opportunity the true motive um you know whether he is in a psychologically bad place and actually needs some help you know those are things that are i think are fair for law enforcement to do yeah you know Uh, andy griffith would go have a good talking with the boy yeah you know what i'm saying and and which is exactly what you need in that scenario he's 10 He's 10. Hold on. Are we now subscribing to the WWAG? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. We're, we're now subscribing WWAG. To- I like that. That's awesome. We we got to we gotta go with that. So That's w- a new thing. WWAG. What would Andy Griffith do? Yeah. Yeah. WWAGD. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, or I, I guess we could just Hold do- Hold on. Andy. Yeah. We w- could just do Andy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, WWAD. I like yeah. it. WWAD. Yep. Exactly. So in another Florida case- uh, is same situation. Detectives have arrested an 18-year-old Florida man after receiving a tip that he threatened a, a mass shooting at a school in a social media post. Uh, Corey Anderson's post showed him with a handgun, a rifle, and a tactical-style vest, along with the caption that said, Hey Siri, directions to the nearest school. Okay. Okay, this one seems a little more possible. Well, it, here's the thing. You've already established two things. First of all, he's 18. 
okay, which is a much more likely age to be a shooter. Uh, the second thing is he's showing himself with photos, or actually, yeah, it showed him with the weapons. Um, and yeah, it, look, this is a case where, again, I don't know if an arrest is warranted in this case, but I think you definitely take this one a lot more seriously. Okay, hold on. Let me ask you a question then. Is what he said considered, do you consider that to be a threat? Potentially. It could just be a really stupid joke. You know what I'm saying? This could just be, um, you know, <laughs> for example, uh, taking your uh, unattended baggage, uh, this is not a bomb duffel bag through the TSA checkpoint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I it, think there's a world of difference between the two. I, I, there's a difference there, but it's along the same vein. He could just be being ironic. He could just be, you know, making a joke. Um, but again, I think under the circumstances, you do take that one a little more, a lot more seriously than you take the 10 year old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it, it, because look, there's no reality in which a 10 year old is walking into a gun store and getting a gun. And there's very few realities where he's going to have real access to, you know, um, any type of weapon that could do that kind of damage. I mean, it's possible if, if you go in the home and there's, you know, firearms laying about everywhere, then maybe, you know, but, um, you know, still it's, it's a, it's a lot, I don't know. My first instinct, and maybe that's wrong is that both of these were most likely jokes just in exceptionally poor taste and exceptionally bad judgment and horrible timing yes yeah all of the well the timing is is relevant you know because of that's it i mean if that's when you make a joke you know what i'm saying for yeah. the, for the most impact so well yeah but i mean jesus christ though right look and here's the thing too like it's you know it's weird how they talk about the trauma of the kids but then the kids are the ones that come up with these bad jokes right like, if you're making a bad joke like that, then are you really tra traumatized by the incident? Right. I right. mean, I guess in some ways you are because you probably wouldn't have made that joke without doing it. And maybe you putting that joke out as a way to, like, uh, deal with the the horror of these situations, which they're uh, horrific yeah, situations. Yeah. I, and again, a, a comedy is absolutely a coping mechanism. Um, so if, if that is, you know... That could just be the way that a lot of kids are handling it uh, with extremely dark humor, you know, yeah. and, and that would not be uncommon. So I think we really have to take each one on a case by case basis. I don't think we can have a blanket. You know, if you say anything remotely about shooting a school, uh, you're going to end up in jail, which is apparently where we're at now. Um, but by the same token, law enforcement can't ignore that either. I think you need to look into it, you know, so. So let me ask you a question again, and I know I understand that in, in that you would say police shouldn't exist to begin with. Well, let's right. go with the assumption that police do exist. Right. Is that if you if if there is a kid that makes any kind of even remote threat at all about shooting or shooting up a school. Right. That at a minimum, the police should go out and talk to the guy. Uh, given the world we live in today that yes i think that that is reasonable to follow up on it yeah you know um and reasonable to you know uh, you talk to the parents and and things like that you know find out what's really going on yeah you know? and if it's like you're on the radar of the system now if you do that <sighs> again as contrary as all of that would be to my worldview. Uh, given the circumstances that we currently live in, I think that's the most equitable and, and correct way to handle the situation. I'd agree with that. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I would agree with that. Because yeah. the thing about it is this, is that, look, every time you every time you see these shootings now, that they look back and they say there's all these warning signs that they right. go around where right. kids are making comments like this all over the place. Now, right. how many of those comments are made by kids that don't ever do anything? I don't know. Uh, probably the the vast vast majority of them it might be a lot of them. Yeah. However, and had and never had any intention of doing anything. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I I think it's probably. For However, this one shooter, the one shooter, the um, uh, the one that shot up uh, the the grocery store, right? The racist one, right? Did say that the cops interviewed him. He said he was making a joke, and then the cops let him go. Right. Right. Like it. It's Again, yeah, I know, I know. It's. It's a tough situation, which is why I, I honestly I think the the real solution is you don't 
need law enforcement. Everybody protect themselves and protect the people around them. You yeah. know, I, that's really the solution in my book. Well, and it, it's come out now with this other with this with the story down in Uvalde, Texas. Yeah. And how you know, bad the cops were. Actually, this. I'd like to get into this now because uh, we actually have uh, an interview with one of the women who was first arrested uh, for attempting to go into the school while the cops were doing nothing. Yeah. Then released, then actually went into the school and got her kids, and, and it's it's absolutely an astounding interview. So I'm just going to go ahead and play that now, uh, and uh, you'll uh, go ahead and uh, this is uh, Angeli Gomez, and uh, I, I'm just going to let you to listen to her story in her words. It, it's absolutely astounding. Oh, hang on. It's astounding if I actually put... Um, Marshall started coming toward my car saying that um, I wasn't allowed to be parked there. And uh, he said, well, we're going to have to arrest you because you're being very uncooperative. I said, well, you're going to have to arrest me because I'm going in there. And I'm telling you right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are standing with snipers and y'all are far away. I'm If y'all don't go in there, I'm going in there. He immediately put me in cuffs. She says after Uvalde police officers told marshals to uncuff Gomez, she ran towards the school. As soon as they uncuffed me, I jumped that first gate fence. And once I jumped it, I went to my son's class and I knocked on the door. And I remember the teacher saying, um, I'm like, hey, they're already they're already um, bulge cutting the fence to get me. She's like, you think we have time to get out? I said, you'll have time. I'm going to run for my other son. Once she was assured her son was OK, Gomez ran to get her. So hang on a second. So she goes to the flat, uh, first classroom and the cops start chasing her and they're cutting through the the bolt she jumps the fence the cops go to the gate cut the bolt uh cut the lock off the fence so they can go get her and once she gets to the classroom where her first son is the teacher says hey is there time for us to get out she says yeah i just ran in it's safe and they just cut the lock so now you can get out the gate so literally the cops <laughs> in chasing her to catch her and prevent her from going in while she goes in and saves an entire classroom of kids they're cutting the bolts to get her and inadvertently they're allowing the kids to escape yeah okay now hold on one more thing though in the video did you see that there was a cop car that was a tesla uh, no i didn't notice that uh, that's <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right let's let's keep rolling because there's a lot more in this video her other child encountering more officers who tried to stop her so I start yelling and I'm being a cooperative and I'm like, well, y'all aren't doing shit. What are y'all doing? Y'all ain't doing shit. Y'all need to be in here. Give me your best. Somebody give me a best. I'm something. <laughs> I started paying attention to how far the shots were being so that I knew the shooter was all the way still by my first son's class. So. Okay. So, so she's inside the school and she's listening to where the shots are and she knows that the shooter is over by where the first classroom she just liberated. Yes. Okay, was that so she knew that that's where the shooter was. She was safe to head to her other son's classroom and get that class out. Yeah. Okay. All the while, the cops are chasing her down, trying to catch her. Yes. Okay. When I went to my son, my second son's door, the teacher didn't want to open the door for me. So that's when they started um, escorting me out. And as I, as I see that they're opening my son's door, I go run for my son and I get him. With both of her kids out safe. God bless this Gomez woman. So, so the cops chased her down into the class and they go and grab her. And in the process, the teacher sees that, okay, there's cops outside, which they never would have gone in if it wasn't for this woman running in there to, to this classroom. And then she ends up liberating another classroom while there's an active shooting Give going on. Give this woman a medal. Right. Uh, hang on. It, 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 we'll keep going. Still can't shake the thought of those who didn't make it. While you were inside the school, did you see officers there inside the school? There was not one officer inside the school when I in ran to areas. my second son's class. There was not one officer. And you were hearing gunshots, so you knew you that You could hear the gunshots. It was still active. The gunshots were still active. They were not in there. There was no one in there. If anything, when I pulled up, my car was closer to the school than, the, where, than where the snipers and everybody that was laying on the ground were. When you heard that it took law enforcement 75 minutes before they went in and stopped the shooter, what was your thinking, having been inside the school yourself? I don't know. I was just thinking that they could have saved many more lives. They could have gone into that classroom and maybe two or three would have been gone, but they could have saved a whole, a whole more, the whole class. They could have done something, gone through the window, sniped them through the window. I mean, 
something, but nothing was being done. If anything, they were being more aggressive on us parents that were willing to go in there. And like I told one of the officers, I don't need you to protect me. Get away from me. I don't need your protection. If anything, I need you to go in there with me to go protect my kids. And if anything, they were being more aggressive on us. They were more pertained on keeping us back than getting into that school. Wow. Now, now, hold on. Let's describe this woman as well because this is on video. Yeah, she's probably about five three, five four, buck right. nothing. Yeah, like a little petite girl, right? Yeah. Like yeah. she's she, a she's a very she's attractive. M- she's maybe thirty. Maybe no, no. Yeah, uh, late twenties, probably. Late twenties, yeah, definitely late twenties. Right. But to listen to her and to listen to the courage that that woman had at a moment where you don't know what you're going to do. Right. That she's not a cop. She's not trained. No. But here's the thing, though. Even though she's not trained, an untrained person did understand the distance between where firing was going on right. and where she was located at. Right. She had situational awareness and, 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 and had a drive to go in there right. and, and handle something. And I'm sure that there were probably <laughs> dozens of other parents out, outside that would have done the same or similar things if the cops hadn't stopped them from doing it yeah and it's texas so you knew you know you know without question at least some of those parents were armed yes had a, had a gun carry conceal permit uh, you know who's gonna start carry. being armed by the way huh. that folks. chick no, oh yeah that girl right there in particular oh yeah I'm, she's I'm, gonna I'm, be strapped probably so yeah and you know what i'm gonna be very happy knowing that she's strapped exactly Exactly. But I mean, is is that story just unbelievable? Hearing it in her words, her describing the events as they played out, law enforcement, it, it was a complete hindrance to her, you know, and law enforcement cost the lives of so many kids. Yeah. Because as they and, were and waiting this outside. Exactly what she said. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were waiting outside. She's going in, and she's still hearing gunfire as she's going in the second time yeah. into the building. Going into the building. Yes. So she's hearing gunfire and going in. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is what you'd think the cops would be doing. No. But the only reason the cops are going in was to get her. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, I don't know how everybody in that force doesn't actually get fired. And that, hold on. I don't they know should if you resign. Know this, I don't know if you know this part, but the guy that was in charge of the situation right. was now elected to the city council. After this? Well, he won before this was over. Oh, with, okay. But they put him in like this week. Oh, wow. He was instituted in, in a private ceremony this week. Wow. That's... Uh, no, that's par for the course. It, it is, but here's <laughs> the thing. It's par for the course. So you know, what the, you know what the response from the civilian should be in that area? Disband the police? No, 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 no. Disband the whole city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's always the best course of action. Yeah, like, just just close the city down. Yeah, we don't need you. <laughs> yeah, just close <laughs> the whole thing it, down. Don't need you. Uh, just, just close it down. You're, well, really, it's it's an allegory for how I see all government. I, For my entire life, I have never looked at government as uh, something that is there to protect me or to help me or to benefit my life in any way, shape, or form. I've always looked at government as an entity that takes from me, is in my way, and is an obstacle to be overcome. Yes. And, you know, I, I... I just don't get how more people don't see it that way. No, no. no. There are some people that legitimately think that everything should be done through government and that government is there to protect you, to do all these things. And I mean, if you listen to some of these people, especially with some of the arguments that you hear going on, is that we need the government to do more, which is why, you know, look, if you listen to Biden and the rest of them, it's like they need to do something. Right. However, they're doing they're doing something Every solution that they propose doesn't fix any problem, gives the government right. more power, right. and in return, d- takes away the power from the people. Because at the end of the day, they don't trust people. Right. They don't trust their neighbors. The one thing that you have is a trust that at the end of the day, your neighbor's going to do basically the right thing. That yeah. most of your neighbors are going to do the right well, thing. And, and that's true. And and I've always believed that the vast majority of people are generally good. Yes. You know, there's situations where people are going to... But gonna, there's evil fucks out there. Uh, there. There's a small percentage of the people that are truly evil. Yeah. 
And then there's a large percentage of the people that are truly good. And then there's this kind of middle ground that's kind of situationally neutral, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you would ca- call them, the like in the old uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, alignment chart, you'd consider them the neutrals. That depending on the situation, uh, they may act uh, to benefit others. They may act to harm others, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Most of those times, what they're going to do is act in their own self-interest. Exactly. Though. But that's the one thing I do count on all human beings to do is act in their own self-interest and most of the time the vast majority of the time that a bunch of individuals acting in their own self-interest benefits the entire community as a whole yes and that is the reality that it seems a lot who who uh worship at the the altar of government don't actually believe that individuals acting in their own self-interest usually benefit the collective they believe that individuals um, acting in their own self interest will always come, will always harm others. Yeah. Which I think much more often it benefits others. Okay, hold on. Now there's a couple things I want to say here. Okay. Now the government solution to what you're talking about. Let's look at these as the as the as the buckets right. again, right? Right. So you have this small part that's evil, this other part that's neutral, and then this other part that's the, good. But right? the majority is is good. The numbers are. Let's go with ten, twenty five. Oh, I don't think it's that high on evil. I think okay, the, let's the number go of five. Tr- I, the number of true, like really bad people. Maybe one. I, I think it's probably one to two percent. Let's, let's go. Yeah. With, let's go with the one number, yeah. and then maybe another. 15 to 20 that are kind of that neutral zone that depending on the situation if they get hungry enough they're going to steal if, if they get you All right, know let's say that between sort of the thing. neutral and the yeah. bad we're looking at 25 and then 75 percent are good yes i would the say the government yeah. solution to that is to disarm the 75 exactly like exactly. That's what they're trying to do. Like, make no mistake about it. And they can look. They can stand on the graves of dead kids if they want to. Right. And they can do all this other stuff if they want to. Now, and the other thing I want to say here is this: I believe, at least my opinion is, those that are so adamant about disarming the population because they don't trust the population are projecting. Yeah, in a way, because in they're way. the evil ones. Or some of them are just lack confidence in themselves to be able to, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different motivations for that type of thinking. And, and some of it is their individual inadequacies. Yeah. You know, so they feel like they're or their lack of. OK, enough, OK, I'll give them a little bit of a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. It is their lack of uh, trust in their fellow man. Right. Every, everyone who wants government to do something, generally the, the, the deep psychological root cause of that is some type of fear. Yeah. And usually people who want the left to do left things are uh, fear their own inadequacies. And fear know? that that is the same with everybody else. Yes. And, and most of the people on the right uh, who um, want the right to do the right, you know, the, the, the right wing things, generally are xenophobic and fear other people um you know so and, and again it, they also fear their their ability to uh defend themselves from those others that they fear yeah from so the, it's it's the band of it, uh, band of raging marauders so if, if if you're really asking government to do things it's either because you fear yourself or fear others you know yeah and when you when you get rid of the fear then you realize government's not necessary and and you also realize that it doesn't solve the problem anyway <laughs> you yeah. know so uh, that's really the bottom line you know and uh, l- let me just say this part too is that at no point in what we're talking about are we promising anybody a panacea Mm-mm. perfection doesn't exist oh, it's no. not part of this world what we're looking at is giving a reasonable faith in our fellow man right and Making sure that we as individuals have the tools that we need to protect ourselves right. in case our fellow man is not, you know, good. Yeah, there, there's going to be other solutions for the problems And people we are face. still going to die. Yeah, oh yeah. And there's still going to be bad people in the world doing bad things. That will always happen. Life will be messy. Uh, just like it is now uh it'll just be there won't be this omnipotent thing that uh exists that you know causes the the greatest evil in the world and that's what you have to understand is is you have to accept that individuals will be evil but when you collectively create these extremely powerful governments 
that's when you get situations where you know uh, six million Jews are eradicated in, concentra- in concentration camps, or uh, when you know uh, thirty million people die of starvation. Yes, it, those are when you get those type of situations. So basically, all you're doing by having government exist is creating a structure by which those extremely evil one percent can get into power and have the control to you know express their evil across millions and millions of people and and to disrupt millions of people's lives and and, and here's the thing and force wins the day not good ideas win the day exactly because if you if if your only tool in order to get people to do what you want is persuasion and you know to come up with a better idea to then that adjusts the entire way in which the community operates exactly there's there's two ways to get someone to do what you want them to do the first is by force and that's essentially all government comes eventually at the point of gun because if you don't do what the government tells you do uh, to do eventually someone with a gun is going to show up yes okay the other way is to convince the other party that they would be acting in their own best interest to do what you want them to do mm-hmm. and that is generally a peaceful negotiation that is the the core essence of of and i hate to even use this word anymore because it's been so bastardized but capitalism yeah. essentially I, again I, I shouldn't even say capitalism free markets free markets yeah exactly that's that's really more of what it is um you know voluntary it, association even better even better and and that's really the difference here but you know it's a uh, Again, if, if you want to really look at evil, government is the vehicle by which evil people can do evil to millions and millions of people. Yeah. You know? Whereas an evil individual can, you know, maybe shoot up a school. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh, it's if a it, great way of looking at if it. If it weren't for government, there'd be a lot less school shootings and a lot less people killed when there were. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, again, I, I don't know how other to say it than that. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. If you listen to this woman, it's so... And I'm glad you played the video, by the way. Because right. it so perfectly encapsulates so many things at the same time. Right. You yeah. know? And expe- here's the thing. Especially the point where, look, I'll bet you if you asked this woman two weeks before this... Right. If she would run into a fucking school... Right. Like, she probably would say yes, but she probably would have some hesitancy in what she would... Oh, I don't know. It'd be, you know, this and this. Right. When the time came... She fucking did it. Well, here, here's the thing. I think you ask a mother uh, if she would run. Oh, yeah, you probably yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I, when when you're talking about your kids, yeah, there's there's nothing you won't do. They, they, there's no situation where you wouldn't put your life in complete jeopardy to save your kids. Uh, the vast majority of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. And I think you're right. You're, yeah. You know, you're right but about that. I bet if you asked her, um, you know, uh, a week ago whether uh, the cops were there to protect you. She probably would have said oh, yes. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, by the way. That's, yeah. Uh, right. Like where you're going with that. Yeah. All right. So now let's bring this one up because Canada has a response when we have a school shooting in America. And that's to fucking do a freeze on handgun ownership and buy back assault style weapons. Uh, you fucking fascist piece of shit Trudeau. Isn't it already like, uh, you know, an act of Congress to own a firearm in Canada already? Pretty much. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that just goes to show you right there. That's a, a completely opportunistic response um, to, uh, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah. Even if it's not in your country. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, hold on. And this is another. Okay. He again, this is in Canada. So it's a little bit different, but I want to I'm going to read this. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced Monday that his government is introducing legislation to implement national freeze on handgun ownership throughout the country. What this means is that you will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada, Trudeau said in a press conference. Now, this is the part I want to read for sure. We recognize that the vast majority of gun owners use them safely and in accordance with the law, but other than using firearms for sport, shooting, and hunting, there is no reason anyone in Canada should need guns in their everyday lives. See, that's where they... They they always discount the ability to defend yourself because in their mind, you don't need that ability because you have the government to defend you. Nolan, you don't need that ability 
And the reason why you don't need that ability is because we don't want you to defend yourself against us. Right. Exactly. That's ultimately it. Now, again, I'm not thinking that Justin Trudeau has any plans to uh, like, yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> maybe. do not give him that. I, I, I can't get. I can't. Tru- truckers, I, truckers. I, yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, the, the truckers might think differently on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. Again, that's probably. It's probably not the forefront of his thoughts, but it's it's Here's definitely the thing. in them. No, no, no. Them. Yeah. It's the part of his thoughts that he doesn't want to say out loud. Exactly. That's the difference. Yeah. Is that guys like Trudeau and anybody else that's calling for a freeze in handguns or or for a, a, you know to get rid of assault weapons or to right. buy them back or to go out and grab them and stuff like that at the back of their not mind. All of them. Not all of them. Okay, not all. A lot of them. Some of them. Yeah. And when they say and and the argument you keep hearing, by the way, is that well, you know. You couldn't you couldn't defend yourself against the against the government if the government wanted to come after you if you had an AR-15. Really? Yeah. Ask the Ukrainians. Yeah. Ask, Ask the, the Afghanis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because you know what? The Afghanis were able to do it in fucking caves. <laughs> right. So fuck you. Yeah. You know yeah. what? If you have a well-armed population, you can't take them over. Period. History is full of examples of armed populations fighting off governments. Yes. Uh, successfully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, in fact. This country started with exactly that premise. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they want you to forget it. I, I know. This Here's the thing. The people in charge of government want you, because here's the thing. They want to be able to do whatever they want to do without the fear of you saying fuck you and shooting back. They don't want a counterbalance to their own force. Yes. They want to have a complete monopoly on force. And that is true. And I, I think that... Uh, that really is the mindset of, of some of the people up there. Now, again, there's a lot of other people that this is just a, an emotional response to. They don't necessarily think it through that far. And I don't know if they really did think it through. They just kind of disca- discount that as, as like that. That's absurd. Yeah, that would never happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a that's an honest position. But I think those are the people that are acting more emotionally uh, with the well, we have to do something. Yeah. Doesn't matter what that something is, even if it's completely ineffectual and we might even make the problem worse. Just the fact that we're doing something. Yeah. You know, and, the th- and a lot of people, people feel that like pr- that. And the evil people prey on that. Yeah. Oh, now, absolutely. Now, now, hang on a second. I do want to say, I do want to say that there is actually one gun control measure that I am in favor of. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's going to come as a shock. Um, and, and Biden actually expressed this and, and I, I support this plan fully. And you're looking at me with that look like, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious, but I'm not. And that is raising the age to possess assault rifles to uh, assault weapons to 21. I think. No, I mean, think about it. The, the drinking age is 21. Um, you know, it, it just it's not a reasonable. I think that's a better level of adulthood. And for that reason, I think we ought to raise the enlistment age in the U.S. military to 21 also and see what the fuckers think of that. Because if you can't possess a, an assault and right rifle to vote. and the right to vote. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what they think about all that. Let's move all of those benchmarks to 21 and see how they feel about that at that point. Yeah, because if you if <laughs> if you're too young to have an assault rifle. Um, at 18 uh, in the civilian world, you're too young to have an assault rifle in the military world. You know, I mean, think about it. Are you going to say, okay, uh, yeah, so uh, now that you're uh, off duty for the day, uh, you uh, you are definitely too immature to handle that assault rifle since you're you're only 18. But tomorrow, uh, when we go out to the training field, uh, yeah, here you go. Here's here's your uh, weapon and your ammo. You know, you're mature enough again, magically. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And but yeah. I, and honestly, <laughs> looking back, I, I, I do think that uh, 20, uh, 21 is probably a better age of adulthood than 18 for a lot of things. That's an honest opinion, you know. Yeah. I... Yeah. But again, you can't you can't piecemeal it. No. You know, yeah, it's either all or nothing. It's all or nothing. And, 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 and if you want to raise the voting age and the military enlistment age to 21, I'm in favor of raising the age to own a, a, a semi-automatic rifle to uh, 21 as well. Yeah. yeah. Now, okay, so something else happens after these mass shootings that I did want to talk about that I don't understand. And maybe you might be able to help me with this one, Adrian. All right, I'll do my best. Feds considering raising and rebuilding Robb Elementary School, said State Senator Ronald Gutierrez. Yeah, I, I kind of. Why do you? Why do you have to tear the buildings down? I, I, I kind of get that. I, I do honestly. I do. I mean, it's like that. 
for lack of a better term, ghost will always be there unless you tear down the building. You know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. in that classroom where, where you know, uh, 19 people died, you know, 19 kids died. Are you just going to start school there, you know, next next semester? I, I get it. I, I, I do. I do. You do? Yeah, I, I really do. I, I'm being 100% honest about that. I mean, seriously, it's it's a lot. Okay. It's a lot. All right. All Maybe. Right. I just, I didn't yeah. get it. I didn't get it. It's, that is more of a, a human issue. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that makes sense to me. Okay. I mean, I, cause I could see being a kid sitting in that, that schoolroom, especially if you were there at the time, you know, uh, the memories that that would bring back and, and just, yeah, it, there, there's a lot, yeah. a lot going on with that, but you don't agree with it. I didn't understand it. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I, I'm not, I, I just, I, I, I don't get why you have to tear it down. Right. I feel like you're, I don't know. Like, I feel like you should remember that. Yeah. There's that too. I, I think a memorial is, is definitely appropriate. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, if you want to memorialize the classroom and just don't, you don't do with anything in, the, in that class where the people were killed at, like maybe that. Look, here, you know here's saying? the thing. I'm sure you could start a GoFundMe and raise enough money in a week to build a new school. Oh, no, I'm you sure. Well, here's so the if, thing. It, if it's I'm a sure tax you issue, could. you know. Well, it's not even that it's a tax issue. It's just more of a, like, it's it seems useless to me. Eh, it, 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 logically and, and rationally, it is. Uh, but emotionally, it's not. You okay. Know, it, right, it makes right. sense. I'll go with that I one. Get that. I, again, I just, I, I didn't understand it. I mean, I wasn't mad about it per se. I just yeah. like, I don't get it. Why? Like, why do you got to tear these things down? And why is that? It seems like, you know, it seems like hearts and prayers. Like, uh, you know, it, like. It, no, I, I I get that. I mean, I, I think that all the kids and all the parents who went through that trauma, it's going to be hard to go back to that place. Yeah. You know, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Hey, how much time we got left? Mm, we got four minutes. Fuck. <laughs> why not enough no not for what i wanted to do oh uh, okay well what, what when it came to when it came to hold on all right we got four minutes all right jew face oh okay perfect um so bradley cooper is starring in a movie uh to uh, a, 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 a biopic about uh leonard bernstein um and they uh <laughs> of course they want to make him look as much as possible like leonard bernstein so uh they uh they do like you know the makeup and everything and they gave him a prosthetic nose okay now for those of you don't who don't know uh leonard bernstein uh was a 20th century american composer uh one of the greats and conductor as well um and uh you know he uh was a, a jew um and he had a big old schnoz <laughs> okay it just uh, happened to be the case happened to be the case so uh, they did bradley cooper up with a big old schnoz and the times of israel is uh, definitely taking offense to it. They're saying that essentially this is a case of what they call Jew face, uh, which is essentially uh, giving Jewish characters big noses, uh, just like in Nazi, Nazi propaganda. Now, I've got a few issues with this. The first is, is if you look at Leonard Bernstein, he had exactly the nose that they made up Bradley Cooper with. Yeah, this doesn't look like it's been exaggerated. It looks like right. it's made to be exact. They're also upset that they cast a uh, you know an Anglo American uh, Christian in the role uh, to play a Jew. Um, so it's called acting. Yeah, right. Exactly. They said they they should have cast a Jew in that, which. I, I just think that's absolutely ridiculous that we have to always cast the exact right person. But here's the thing, and here's the irony in this. What is Leonard Bernstein most known for? I don't know. West Side Story, okay, which was a story written by a essentially a white Jew, okay, uh, about a bunch of Latinos in the ghetto. <laughs> I want to be in America. Everything's free in America. You know, I mean, so you're not mad about that, which is a whole shitload of cultural uh, cultural appropriation. Yeah. Okay. But the fact that a guy uh, that is an American Christian is playing him accurately and has a, a nose that looks exactly like his nose historically did, that you're upset about. And, and here's it's the thing. It's like the outrage. It's just like. Come on, so people! Misplaced. Just stop! Just stop! And here's the thing too about Bradley Cooper: 
is I will say this for him. He is a tremendous actor. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's a, and he's he has a very wide range that he has in acting. Right. So it makes sense that you would pick somebody with that wide range to do the move to do the show. And the one thing about Bradley Cooper, by the way, is I think that Bradley Cooper has like he is a student of acting and he shows respect to all the roles he plays. He does the work that he needs to do in order to make sure that he he correctly portrays anything that he's doing. So if anything as long as it is a, a straight white Anglo-Saxon Christian male. <laughs> he, he plays it very well, but don't go outside your little box there, Bradley. Yes. All right, folks, we'll see you on the other side. Patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Join us there. Yes.